I was just thinking about you. Our paths have crossed once again, like two wandering stars in the vast expanse, momentarily aligning in a dance of serendipity. In the theater of existence, where moments are ephemeral whispers, our encounters become poetry etched in the fabric of time. <laughs> Forgive me. I like to talk, and sometimes my mouth runs away with my brain. Oh, but where are my manners? Come in, come in. Welcome, fellow humans, to one of my countless corners of solace and introspection. And, more significantly, welcome to a hiss and murder, the only true crime podcast with an ASMR twist. I am your ever-humble host, The Guru, and I am just chuffed to be your guide through these dimly lit corridors of history. A quaint hopple, yes, against the trees of the backdrop. The skies outside rumble with rolling thunder and persistent raindrops drum a steady rhythm on the roof overhead. Draw near the heart of this dwelling, the crackling fire offering its warmth against the encroaching chill. But tread with caution, this is no mere mundane flame. Its origins? Ancient. Its essence intertwined with my own. How long has it flickered and flared, you wonder? Ah, in my perennial journey, delineating days from decades becomes a daunting task. Let's just say it's been an eternity, give or take. So, as the storm rages outside, let us offer a counterpoint with our internal calm. For though the winds howl and the rains pour, it is the quietude of the mind and the stillness of the soul that we seek in this hollowed gathering. Here we are not just bodies shielded from a storm. We are seekers on the edge of a great cosmic ocean, peering into its unfathomable depths in the hope of catching a glimmer of light, an epiphany, a revelation that we can carry back into the waking world as ephemeral and elusive as a dream at dawn. The anticipation, the electric air of another adventure shared fills this sacred space. It's an intoxicating elixir knowing that once again in the grand play of fate our destinies have intertwined. Together in this secluded sanctuary we shall brave the elements and the eerie echoes of yesteryears. For this eve, as episode 30 unfolds, we shall traverse the mists of time, journeying back to the enigmatic era of the 1940s. That's right, fellow humans. In this episode, we are talking about the strange disappearance of the Sodder children. You see, fellow humans, stories are more than mere words and events stitched together. They are the intangible threads that bind the very fabric of our reality. Each tale told, each whisper passed along, is a delicate, intricate stitch in the grand tapestry of existence. And, well, what are we if not wayfarers in a maze of infinite stories, walking together down winding roads lined with veils of perception and illusion? Ah, but here's the divine irony. It is in those narratives, in the very act of storytelling, that we come closest to piercing those veils. 
to catching fleeting glimpses of the ultimate truth that eludes the grasp of mere mortals. And so, kindred spirits, we are on the cusp of yet another ethereal exploration, another haunting dance with destiny. Whether by cosmic accident or divine design, we find ourselves reunited for episode 30 of ASM Murder, ready to voyage to the 1940s and dive into the bewildering enigma of the Solder Children. But as we embark on this journey, heed the content warning given, for this tale is fraught with mystery and heavy with the weight of unspoken sorrows. So, are you ready? Draw near the flame, and look, now listen. Ah, the Sodders, a family shrouded in mystery and melancholy. Their tale takes us back to West Virginia, nestled amid the Appalachian Mountains. George Sodder, the patriarch, was born Giorgio Sadu in Tula, Sardinia in 1895. He arrived in the U.S. in 1908, an immigrant in search of the American dream. A quiet man of formidable resolve, George found success in the trucking business, hauling everything from coal to freight. Though he was a man of few words, his work ethic spoke volumes, earning the respect and admiration of his community. Jeannie, George's devoted wife, was an equally captivating figure. Born in America to Italian immigrant parents, she took on the role of both homemaker and nurturer with grace that belied her strength. Jeannie was the emotional pillar on which the Sauter family stood. Known for her delicious Italian recipes, she often gathered the neighborhood kids for home-cooked meals, cementing the family's reputation as community staples. You see, the Sauters were well-liked. Their neighbors viewed them as hardworking and honest, qualities held in high esteem in a place where your word was as good as any contract. They built a two-story timber frame house along Route 16, a roadside haven they considered their American dream come true. A charming spot, echoing with the laughs of children and the scent of Italian cuisine. Then there were the children, ten in all. Ranging in age, each carrying a piece of George and Jeannie in their eyes, their smiles, their laughter. They were Sylvia, Marion, John, George Jr., Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jeannie, Betty, and the youngest yet to be born at the time of the fateful night, who would eventually be named Ernest. It seemed like the family was blessed a monument to the promise of prosperity and peace that America offered. But sometimes, fellow humans, even the most beautiful tales hold shadows at their corners, shadows that grow longer and deeper until they swallow the very light that birthed them. A family so well respected in their community, yet not without their own undercurrents of tension, fueled by something as ineffable as it was unsettling, but patience, fellow humans, we'll get there. Before we dive any further into the mystery that befell the Sodders on that fateful December night in 1945, let me offer a word of caution. The tale ahead involves the unexplained disappearance of children, 
and has left a family and community forever haunted. If such themes weigh heavy on your soul, you may choose to tread no further. Now, let's talk about the fire. Ah, the fire. A searing serenade that stole five souls and its sibilant symphony. It was Christmas Eve, 1945. A night cloaked in celebratory cheer, yet destined for devastating darkness. As the clock's hands hovered around midnight, a fire erupted within the solder home. Quick it was, consuming timber and hearth, rushing up the stairs like a frenzied spirit released from some forlorn abyss. George and Jenny, awakened by the alarm of crackling wood and the suffocating scent of smoke, acted swiftly. Sylvia, Marion, John, and George Jr. managed to escape, their lungs filled with a cocktail of fresh air and acrid fumes as they staggered into the night. But Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, and Betty, the other five, were nowhere to be seen. Their voices were silent amidst the cacophony of the night. In the dreadful dawn of realization that the fire had engulfed his home, George Sauter, the patriarch of the family, found himself grappling with both time and terror. It was as if the inferno itself was an immovable object, barring him from saving his own flesh and blood. In a heartbreaking act of desperation, George tried to start his truck, envisioning using it to reach the upper floors where his children were. Fate, it seemed, had a cruel sense of irony. The truck that had never failed him before refused to start. The engine groaned, but yielded no life. Undeterred, George envisioned another escape, a ladder that always leaned against the house, a consistent feature in their familial landscape. In a gut-wrenching twist, the ladder was inexplicably missing, swallowed by the night or perhaps removed by unknown hands. In its place, a haunting emptiness. Each failed attempt to reach his children was a chisel to George's soul, carving out a hollow of helplessness that no amount of time or reason could ever fill. As the flames grew, dancing like demonic entities with a malevolent glee, George could only watch in a horror-stricken stupor, his desperation echoing in the chasm between action and impossibility. His was a torment of failed saviorship, a father unable to rescue his children from the ravenous maw of a fire that seemed almost sentient in its destruction. It was a night that would scar the Sauter family forever. A night where George Sauter met the limits of his human abilities and found them devastatingly wanting. The flames danced their diabolic dance for about 45 minutes, leaving in their wake nothing but embers and a hollow, haunting void. The fire department arrived, albeit belatedly, to find the Sauter house reduced to ashes. A grim garden where once stood a home bustling with life, laughter, and love. The puzzling part, my fellow humans, was that no remains were found. No bones, no ashes of flesh, nothing to indicate that the missing children had perished in the pyre. Theories twined like tendrils in the aftermath. Some whispered of electrical fire, while others muttered of foul play. And still, others spoke of unimaginable possibilities that dared not be spoken, but only pondered in the depths of the soul. 
Despite decades of investigation, countless leads, and multiple excavations, the five slaughter children vanished into the ether, their fate sealed in a sanctum of eternal enigma. It's a fire that never really extinguished, you see. It continues to burn, albeit metaphorically, in the hearts of those who remember, and in the whispers that echo through the hills of West Virginia. A fire that took five, yet left a lingering question that scorches the soul. Where did they go? What became of those lost children on that fateful Christmas Eve? And as we ponder these unanswered questions, let us remember that while the flames may have died, the memories and the mysteries remain indelible and ineffable, like soot on the walls of time. So, let us tread carefully through this tale, honoring those lost and those left to ponder the imponderable. And, of course, we have the search for remains. A somber sojourn through the ashes of agony, where each shovel's descent was a prayer, a plea, a petition for a proof of presence or absence. You see, George Sauter, in the aftermath of the fire, initially attempted to sift through the smoldering ruin that was once his home. Distressingly, no skeletal remains were found. This is peculiar because the intensity of the fire, though fierce, was unlikely to cremate bones entirely. Local authorities, quick to quench queries, insisted that the fire was hot enough to completely consume the bodies. However, any expert in forensics would further brow at this. It is a generally accepted fact that household fires, especially ones that die down as quickly as the solder fire did, rarely reach the temperatures required to fully incinerate the human body. George, his soul wrought with restless curiosity and the father's love, decided to bring in experts for a more meticulous investigation. Soil samples were examined, the grounds excavated, and cadaver dogs employed. Even the FBI was enlisted in the ongoing odyssey for answers, yet the outcome remained the same. No remains. Not a single bone fragment or a tooth were ever uncovered from that unholy ground. Stranger still, a later investigation produced an odd find. A small rubber object resembling a liver. Theorists suggested that this was an organ from one of the children, miraculously unburned. But further forensic analysis revealed that this item was not organic tissue. Another dead end in a maze filled with them. And so here we sit, surrounded by the silences unsolved sorrow, a family torn asunder, a mystery unsolved, a search that yielded nothing but more questions. The lack of remains fuels the furnace of speculation even today. Some say the children were abducted, spirited away in the shadow of smoke. Others believe they perished, their bodies stolen away by the blaze's intense heat. What is indisputable, however, is that the absence of evidence has become a cryptic symbol in the lore of the Sauter family, a void that loomed large in the caverns of collective curiosity. Oh, but the twisted tapestry of time weaves many a foreboding shadow, doesn't it? 
Yes, let's dive into the depths of detail that dance devilishly around this dark tale. You see, the Sauter children didn't only suffer the sudden scalding blaze that stole their children. They were subject to a series of sinister signs that seemed to herald the harrowing horror to come. One peculiar portent arrived in the form of a stranger. Aren't they always strangers? This unknown individual inexplicably insinuated that the Sauter home would soon be going up in smoke. Words that would later ring with a haunting resonance, as prophetic as they were puzzling. Why would a random roaming proffer such a prayerless prediction? Was it a mere malevolent musing, or a menacing message veiled as vagrant vagary? Then comes another curious character, a man seeking employment at George Sauter's trucking enterprise. Oddly fixated on the fused boxes of the family's freshly rewired residence, he too, in a brazen bout of audacity, foretold a future fire. And mind you, the house's electrical system had been scrutinized and secured by seasoned professionals, making the man's mystifying mention all the more disconcerting. Life, with its labyrinthine layers, often leaves us to ponder the purpose of such perplexing preludes. Are they cosmic clues, or merely coincidental circumstances? In the case of the Sauter family, these eerie encounters etched a chilling chapter in an already appalling account. For every story of sadness and separation, there often lurk shadowy figures, whose actions or utterances unsettle the natural narrative, stoking the fires of speculation. And here, in the veiled vacuum of verified truth, they make us wonder. Were these warning whispers from nefarious naysayers, or innocent idiosyncrasies? In the unending enigma of the Sutter children's disappearance, this lingering lacuna further confounds our quest for clarity. In the eerie echo of events leading to the fire, a peculiar phone call in the dark depths of night added another layer of mystery to this already perplexing puzzle. It was on the night of the tragedy, the night when time would forever fragment for the Sauter family, that the home's telephone rang out. Jenny Sauter, awoken from her slumber, made her way to answer, only to be greeted by a stranger's voice on the other end. A strange, unfamiliar woman's laughter pierced the silence, followed by the clinking of glasses. Jenny's queries were met with this eerie elation until the caller abruptly disconnected. It was a disorienting disturbance, one that seemed to disconnect from their daily doings. Yet, as with all things surrounding this story, it was the subtle shadow of strangeness that seemed to signify something sinister. Post this puzzling phone call, Jenny noted another oddity. Despite the late hour, the curtains which typically veiled their household activities were strangely drawn open. The house lights, usually dimmed to mark the day's end, were brightly blazing, casting an illuminating glow in the surrounding darkness. These were not the usual habits of a household settling into the night's embrace. It was as if the home stood alert, aware, waiting. It's these tiny, tangential tidbits that tantalize the curious mind.
In a world of routine and regularity, it's the anomalies that alert us to the extraordinary. For the Sauter family, this was a night of disturbing deviations. Each unusual occurrence, whether the mysterious phone call or the uncharacteristic illuminations, became a beacon highlighting the horrifying happenings that were about to unfold. The Sauter family saga extends far beyond that harrowing night, growing more intricate and enigmatic in the years unfurled. The absence of human remains in the aftermath of the fire led the Sauters to a chilling hypothesis. Their children had been abducted, and the blaze was merely a smokescreen to facilitate this. This theory took on an eerie new dimension years after the tragedy when an envelope arrived in their mail. Inside was a photograph of a young man who bore a haunting resemblance to Lewis, one of the lost Sauter children. The photograph, which the family believed resembled their missing son Lewis, had a note attached that claimed the individual in the picture was indeed Lewis Sauter. This rekindled hope, of course, and intrigue into the Sauter family's ongoing quest for answers. Unwilling to let the thread of hope snap, the Sauters leapt into action, not just relying on the arms of the law, but extending their own reach by hiring private investigators. An indelible billboard was erected, standing as both an epitaph and an emblem to their ceaseless search. The billboard depicted the innocent faces of the missing children and, underneath them, the promise of a reward for information, financial recompense for the immeasurably valuable knowledge of what happened to their family. Many theories have flooded the narrative over the years. The most tantalizing among them point to an international plot suggesting that the children were abducted and taken to Italy. This supposition gained traction due to George's outspoken criticism of Mussolini and Italian fascism, a stance bold enough to infuriate sympathizers and perhaps even draw the ominous attention of the Mafia. But like shadows in a dark room, these theories loom large yet offer no substance to grasp. Each serves only to deepen the enigma, adding layers of questions to an already impenetrable mystery. As the years turned into decades, the theories continued to proliferate, but the whereabouts of the Sauter children remain one of the most perplexing and heart-wrenching mysteries in the annals of American history. In the years following that fateful night, the Sauters were consumed by their search for answers. George and Jenny Sauter never stopped believing that their children had survived, dedicating the rest of their lives to uncovering the truth. The billboard they erected by the side of the highway stood as a haunting sentinel of their sorrow and determination, keeping the tale of their loss alive in the minds of everyone who passed by. For decades, the billboard itself became a symbol of unsolved mysteries, an embodiment of the internal question marks that hang over cases like these. It stood until Jenny Sauter's death, embodying the family's everlasting quest for closure, drawing eyes and evoking questions from all who saw it. It kept the case in the realm of public discussion, enticing amateur sleuths and professionals alike to ponder the possibilities. Despite the passage of time, the story of the Sauter children has seeped into the very fabric of American folklore, becoming an enigma that still puzzles and captivates people today. Numerous theories have been posted, from the children being spirited away to Italy, 
to more sinister interpretations involving organized crime, given George Sauter's outspoken criticism of Mussolini. Yet no theory has ever been proven, and no evidence has definitively pointed to what happened to the missing Sauter children. The case remains a nexus of unanswered questions and unyielding heartbreak. In this saga of loss and longing, the Sauters embody the essence of every family who has faced the unspeakable tragedy of losing a child in circumstances most perplexing. And thus, their story remains an eternal narrative in the anthology of America's most enduring mysteries. In the annals of the unexplained, the disappearance of the Sauter children retains its grim allure. While George and Jenny Sauter have passed on, their search for answers has not. The mystery endures, haunting and indecipherable, a testament to the unquenchable human thirst for truth in the face of unfathomable sorrow. Even now, as armchair detectives sift through the scant evidence that remains, the story refuses to die, evergreen in its grim fascination. And so we are left to wander, to theorize, and to hope that someday, somehow, the final chapter in the heart-wrenching saga of the Sauter family might be written. As we sit here in the lingering echoes of this sombering tale, let us ponder some why and what-if questions that continue to cloud this endearing enigma. What would compel someone to want to erase a family both physically and from memory? Is the answer political, personal, or something more complex? Does the setting of 1940s America with its social and political backdrop provide clues into what might have happened to the Sauter children? Could their Italian heritage during the era of World War II have influenced their fate? And finally, if for a moment we consider that the local authorities were compromised or had other interests, what might those be? What would make them dismiss such a grave incident so hastily? As you ponder these questions, let your mind wander through the dark corridors of what if and why. Remember your theories, however far-fetched they may seem, could be the missing pieces of a puzzle that has baffled the minds of people for generations. I invite you to share your thoughts as we continue to dwell in the mystery and the murk, searching for glimmers of truth. Well, fellow humans, as the final echoes of the thunder dwindle to whispers and the rain offers a last gentle caress on the roof of this hovel, we find ourselves at the threshold of farewell. Our time here, basking in the light of a flame that has borne witness to a millennia of mysteries, has been nothing short of a journey, one of discovery, of introspection of wandering through the labyrinthine corridors of what-ifs and maybes. But it is time that has grown short. But fret not, though the embers now flicker a softer hue and the morning sun begins its slow climb to clean the sky, there are more stories to tell and countless universes at whose precipice we stand. As the dawn breaks and the rain subsides, casting its final silvery beads on the leaves, I see that the path ahead for you is clear. Episode 30 of ASM Murder has reached its terminus, but do remember, there are stories aplenty, 
strewn across the cosmos like an endless vault of twinkling stars. You'll hear from me again. Should I be late, just wait by the crossroads, or perhaps linger in one of my many hovels. I'll find you. For those of you who wish to follow me in the corridors of social media, I dwell occasionally in the realm of your Facebooks, your Twitters, and even partake in the visual tapestry that is TikTok. Links, fellow humans, are in the description below. If my words have resonated with you, you can hear more from me at my digital abode at www.murderpod.net. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-P-O-D.net. Time, that elusive river upon which we all float, is a gift we should never squander. I am honored that you chose to spend a fraction of that gift with me. Until we meet again, please be kind to yourselves, be good to each other. This is your friendly neighborhood guru, signing off.